This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey guys, what's up? Kevin Jones, founder of Blue Wire. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Do me a favor. Send it to one of your friends. We're growing this network grassroots style. It takes everyone. You're a part of our team if you send this to one of your friends. All right, enjoy this podcast and appreciate your support. What up, what up? This is Keeping It 300, a Raiders and Packers podcast. I'm Fallon Smith, and we have my guy, James Jones, on the other side of the mic. What's good, JJ? What's cracking like it, man? You know, I'm just hanging, chilling, all the same old, same old. Man, back-to-back weeks, and you're eating couple of noodle before our podcast. Couple of noodles, baby. That's how you keep that six-pack. Couple of noodles, <laughs> man. Everybody want to run and try to get a good diet and all that, man. Couple of noodles, man. That's what we grew up on. All the college kids is eating right now. You know what I'm saying? That's how you stay strong. Anyways, that's a myth right there. Uh, don't believe yeah. JJ. So any of our listeners who are trying to get healthy, do not believe James Jones and anything that he says regarding how you eat and food. But anyways. Couple of noodles, quick. 30 seconds, you in and out. It is cheap, though. I will say that. So that got me through college. I will say that. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so your 11th annual Never Think About Failure football camp was this past weekend. It's free for kids. It's pretty awesome. And this year it was at San Jose State, which, of course, is your alma mater. Uh, How did it go? It was unbelievable, man. San Jose State, man, they helped a lot. I didn't have to get no equipment, I had to do none of that. They <laughs> set everything, they set everything up for the kids. Now we had a great turn turnout, though. Um, you know, the kids had a good time. Obviously, you know, we run them around like crazy, man. Teach them a lot of good football drills. We had a lot of fun. Send them home with, you know, camp T-shirt, camp shorts, camp bag, all type of gifts in the bag, man. And just to see the smiles on the kids' faces, that's why I do it. Because I thought about not doing. A 11 and I said no I gotta do it for my little ones so what about number 12 Gunderson High School is about to name their field James (laughs) DeAndre Jones Field so I think number 12 has to be at Gunderson High School what do you think um maybe number 20 will be at Gunderson (laughs) High School but number 12 is gonna probably be at San Jose State because it's nice and smooth (laughs) over there you know you get in and you get out and the kids like playing in a big stadium they come they're like wow we're playing in the stadium you know what I mean so it's fun for them so number 12 will be at San Jose State Mr. McVeigh showed up as he always does every year and he's also a loyal listener. Yeah. Even though, James, he's a Seahawks fan. I know. And he still listens to us because he loves us dearly. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. shout out to Mr. McVeigh. I just had to throw that in there. He texted me that he was at your uh, at yeah. your camp. So I just wanted to show him some love. So Forget Mr. McVeigh. What? His, his daughter oh. is a monster. Really? She is a monster. Listen to me when I tell you. Hold on. So she was in your camp. She's been in my camp the last seven years. What? Okay. I need I need to hear some details real quick. She is a monster. 
like can fly. She's extremely fast. You should see her go through these ladders. She probably the best. They come with a group of girls every year. And every year, these group of girls are the best group at my camp. I love it. I love you it. Tell, you tell them to drill one time, they're like, boom, got it. You know why? Because hey, girls listen. Ah, here you Because girls here listen. Men, but the, boys, mm, another story. This group right here, though, McVeigh's daughters and friends, they come, they blow the camp up every year. She is, a, she is an absolute animal. She's an athlete for real. I know that Kim got some great pictures, so I need to go holler at some pictures of Mr. McVeigh's uh, daughter. So we'll, we'll see that in the coming weeks when uh, the pictures come out. But anyways... Um, Today, we have a special guest who is now a part of our Blue Wire podcast team. Uh, We'll introduce him in just a second. We'll talk Raiders football, of course, with him, among other things. And and since you left our listeners hanging last week, JJ, we'll have Raiders story time. So I can't wait for that. You were a hater last week. It's all good. (laughs) And then when it comes to the Packers, former Packer and current Cowboys receiver, your good friend, Randall Cobb. He made some interesting comments about Green Bay. So we're going to get to that later in the show. We'll also discuss how Cobb's departure signifies the faith that the front office uh, has in their wide receivers, the young receivers. And finally, Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre join teams on the golf course. There we go. So we're going to discuss the evolution of their relationship and more. You had a front row seat to that relationship, James. 100%. Yes. But first, it is my pleasure... To introduce the newest member of the Blue Wire family, he is the host of the Raiders Cody podcast. He does an amazing job with it. He's a huge fan of the silver and black. So please welcome Cody Wilson, a.k.a. Raider Cody. What's up, man? Welcome to the Blue Wire family. Yeah, what's going on, guys? Thanks thanks for having me on. It's, uh, It's a pleasure, man. It's a pleasure. I remember when I was on your podcast... You were trying to get me and James Jones. I really think you were trying to actually get James Jones on the podcast, and then you settled for me. I think that's actually what happened. So, so I just want you guys to meet each other real quick. So, James, say hello to Cody. Me and Cody already been rapping, man. You already too late. Yeah. What up, Cody, man? What's up? Can't call you JJ, man. I'm a li- I'm a loyalist. I call you JJ, right? JJ all day, man. You already know. It. <laughs> there we go. Both of you guys try to rip on me earlier about the audio problem, but that's okay. And I will. I do want to tell the listeners. Okay, my guy Cody is actually on lunch break from his job. So if, if this was after hours, he would obviously be home on his podcast equipment, etc. But he is doing us a favor and spending his lunch break with us and the Blue Wire listeners. So we appreciate you, Cody, for that. Hey, best uh, lunch break I've taken in a long time. So uh, I'm excited for it. You know what, Cody? She's never gave me props. All the sacrifices I do for this show. Oh, yep. She's never gave Here me props. Here we go. You come- you come on for your lunch break one time and you get all the props, man. But that's all good, though, man. My feelings ain't hurt. You know, it's all good. JJ, don't even make me put you on blast with everything that you put me through. Don't even worry about me. Let's get to Cody. Okay, you see how, he, you see how he's interrupting me because he knows that ain't the truth. But anyways, so people may, may wonder, our listeners may wonder, you know, why would you bring another Raiders podcast on the network? Well, here's the thing. Raider fans can't get enough of the silver and black. Mm -hmm. Content is king. Uh, The more, of course, the better. And you will be the third Raiders podcast on Blue Wire. It is us, you, Ted Wynn, who is the host of Coffee House Stunt. But we all bring something different. So for the listeners who don't know and and don't subscribe to these other two podcasts, let me tell you just a little, a few things about these podcasts real quick. So Coffee House Stunt 
It's all about X's and O's. We, at Keeping It 300, are experience heavy because, of course, James, you know, we take you inside the locker room and we get the player's perspective. I give my journalistic perspective, having covered the team for five years. Um, And also we have some cool guests. Okay, I will say that. Uh, And then you, Cody, you are very pro Raiders heavy because you were originally a huge fan, still are a huge fan, and fans love positivity, especially when their team isn't doing too great. (laughs) (laughs) You also have a Real Talk segment with Kenny King Jr., who is, yes, folks, the son of Raiders great running back from the 80s, two-time Super Bowl champ, Kenny King. Uh, And you also have some big-time guests as well. Basically, I think we all help elevate each other's podcasts, and I think that we're all going to help grow um, our listeners together. So that is why we wanted you aboard. So tell the listeners what they can expect from a Raider Cody podcast. Well, I can tell you, um, about every week, I feel like I'm making some adjustments. I'm making changes. Why we started this thing? I had no idea what I was even getting myself into. Someone, uh, I've been active on Twitter for a while, uh, you know, going through this roller coaster of dysfunction, I guess, through the franchise, just being a fan. And someone's like, hey, you just need to start a podcast. I'm like, a podcast? Like, I never even listened to a podcast. I'm like, you know what? I thought about it for a good 10 minutes. I'm like, sure, yeah, I'll start a podcast. Four days later, I dropped my first episode. Didn't put any thought into it. I had some good feedback for whatever reason. I I mean, audio was garbage. Everything was garbage. I had no idea what I was doing. So I've just taken it. I've taken a week by week for the most part for the last seven months and just kind of grew this thing. Like I said, it's just week to week, whatever I see that I can change or improve, I improve it. And like you brought up, um, my, 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 my brother, my dog, Kenny King, man, this guy comes in at the end of the show and I feel like he's really kind of, I guess the, the heartbeat of the show, he comes in at the end and he wraps it up exactly how fans want to talk. Yeah. Like if you were to bump into another Raider fan, that's how we're going to talk on real talk. We're going to, we're going to talk about drama. We're going to talk about stuff that's pissing us off. We're going to, I don't know, uh, go fanboy on some stuff happening. I don't know. Like, it's just, it's just kind of off the wall. We're going to see see what happens week to week there, too. Um, so for the Raider Cody podcast, I guess what to expect now is, you know, we're teamed up with Raiders Beat. We're now a part of the Blue Wire Network, which I could not be any more thankful for. That is, to me, I think that's going to be, in the long run, probably one of the smartest decisions I've made, at least whenever it comes to shifting gears for the podcast. It's going to actually now... I mean, it takes so much weight off my shoulders and it really now I can focus on what everybody hears is the content. So I'm able, I'm able to go in on that. And I've already luckily, uh, you know, with me and Fallon, we, you know, we've, we've talked already a lot. We've discussed things with our podcast. You've been on my show. I've even had Ted Wynn on my show, um, along with, I had like a, uh, a big show with Amy Trask and, and he came on and broke some things down. We plan on having another reunion. Uh, maybe one day I'll actually be able to drag you on and you'll, you'll tag along with uh, JJ here. Maybe you'll come along the next time, but <laughs> well, now that we're part of the same family, then of course, you know, we got to help each other out. Exactly. But I mean, everything's been, everything's been running smooth and, and it's already more than uh, I pictured it would be uh, by a long shot, especially in, in such a short amount of time. So um, if you click on the Raider Cody podcast, just uh, expect that I put in a, a week's worth of work, uh, for this show to make sure that uh, we have the best content possible, even during uh, a slow time. I mean, trying to crank out everything I can right now during the, the the calm before the storm, I guess you could say. 
Well, I want to add. No, I was going to add. No, I was going to say. I was going to say that he has. He has had a lot of your colleagues on recently. He has had uh, Derek Carr's brother, David Carr. He has had Adam Rank. He has had Ian Rappaport. I love Adam. Adam is Adam is my guy. He's a character, man. So he's had all three guys. He just he just hasn't had you on yet. So, anyways, okay. go ahead. He need to get me and he need to get me and Adam on at the same time, man. You know, Adam is Adam is a big time Bears fan. Me and him go at it twenty four seven. But man, but Cody, I want to ask you, man, because I know this is heavy on Fallon's uh, mind. She told me to ask you this question. I did. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> she wants we'll to know what? How come? <laughs> You have more followers than keeping it 300. I didn't say that. We don't even what? have said, we don't even have a Twitter following, she dummy. Says, she says, what do you do? We don't even have a Twitter. We don't even have a keeping it 300 Twitter, you idiot. She says, what do you do to get all these followers, man? We don't even have a keeping it 300 Twitter, you idiot. it's a joke. Quit being all sensitive over there. Jeez. I'm laughing because he's, like, making things up as we go. This is how he does it. This is our relationship. Like, this is what he does. Oh man! So I mean, there's truth to it though. If, if you don't have a keeping a 300 Twitter page, then I automatically have more followers than the you know. I'm just kidding. No, and you know, you know, Twitter's Twitter's my uh, I guess my home away from home when it comes to being a fan. So uh, I don't have it. I don't have a, a huge following, but I, I enjoy the people that I do interact with. It, it's a cool little. Uh, in, in the words of Amy Trask, you know, I, I, I like my uh, my little Twitter village that I have going on over there. We probably need to do that, actually. But I think I'm so scared to start from, like, ground zero, you know, have, like, hey, guys, follow this account. Yeah. Even though me and James already, like, separately have a lot of followers on Twitter, I'm kind of scared to be like, all right, let's start keeping it 300 Twitter. And then I'm only going to have 10 followers. And then I'm having to promote it every single day for people to follow us. Yeah. So when, when it comes to social media, I'm like the worst dude in the world. Yes, exactly. And James does not help us. I check my Twitter once every three weeks. James does not help us. I have to literally send him what to tweet. It's the saddest thing ever in life. Okay, Cody? So I tweet once every three weeks, man. See, now I, I catfished everybody. I, uh, I had an established personal account. I had everything set up on my personal Raider Cody page. And didn't really want to fire up a whole new podcast page. I mean, who's really going to want to follow uh, a podcast with like zero followers? It's going to be really hard to build unless you have a really established following like you guys do. So I just ended up taking that page, flipped it into a podcast page, and then created a new personal account that I knew everyone would recognize and shared it out like, hey, new Twitter page, follow me. And boom, I mean, I had like a couple thousand followers in like a couple months, I think. So worked out good. So that do you guys good. do you guys have like signature segments on your podcast or just strictly just talking Raiders football? Uh, yeah, that's kind of one of the things I do weekly, I guess. Whenever I have a new idea, I like to feature that mainly into a segment. We have, you know, we open up weekly announcements like you guys do. Um, I like to jump right into if I have a guest, um, I jump right into the interview right off the bat. So I, I, I jump into that. I don't want listeners to really, you know, get, uh, you know, thinking they're going to have to sit around for 45 minutes before they actually hear the special guest coming on. So I jump yeah. into them and uh, I have a new segment with Raiders beat. I, I break down an article um, and here and there, I, I like to toss in some different things. And like I said, at the end, the last segment was uh, real talk. And that's kind of, you know, we, we spin in uh, Kenny King. She's from the Bay area, of course. And uh, we like to spin in some uh, like Bay area beats in the background. 
just kind of break it down like a, like a Raider fan, you know, it's like, it's almost like, kind of like a, like a, like a tailgate talk kind of thing. So. Yeah. So real talk is basically your signature segment, real talk with Kenny King Jr. And I also love that you put so much heart and soul into your uh, format and your music and your graphics, et cetera. Um, I'm not really good on the whole music part of it, <laughs> like you. Um, so I need to get my life together, but we will soon here. But let's talk about the Raiders real quick before we let you go. Um, James and I, as you know, because you do listen to our podcast, we are huge believers in Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. And you know JJ already, over the years, has uh, coined the phrase, you know, Derek Carr's baby A-Rod. Yeah. Okay. And I think, in my opinion, as, as we go forward, you know, with uh, Derek Carr as a franchise quarterback – Continuity is is key for him. And we have spoke on this podcast time and time again how the last time he had success was 2016 when he had back-to-back years with the same offensive coordinator, and in that case was Bill Musgrave. And then he broke his leg, had a few injuries. After that, yada, yada, yada. But since then, he hasn't had the same coordinator for two straight years. So this year will be year number two under John Gruden and Greg Olson. Plus, of course, they've added all these weapons around him. So I think it's going to be a huge year. So why do you think that this is going to be a huge year for Derek Carr? And why are you a big believer in Derek Carr? Well, man, I, I can sound like a broken record, just like most all the other Derek Carr supporters. Uh, you could say, you know, oh, he took 52 sacks and still threw for 4,000 yards. Oh, he had a 70% completion percentage, yada, yada, yada. And just like the things you hit on, you know, he hasn't had a consistent coordinator uh, two years back to back since his big 2016 season. He hasn't had a solid and, and happy, I think, you know, group of weapons around him since even the 2016 season. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I, we can, we can go over that time and time again. I don't necessarily put myself in a position to where I think I can, I can really break things down. I'm not the X's and O's guy. I mean, you have to ask Ted Wynn where things are going wrong, <laughs> but for me, I just, I mean, I try and get back to um, how I've always been just because I'm running a podcast. Now I haven't changed my mentality. And I think that as a fan, I see what's going on. Everything looks like it, it, it's better than what it's been in recent years. We have a lot mm-hmm. of continuity growing, at least. Um, we have Antonio Brown, the best wide receiver in the NFL. And JJ, don't you argue me with that? You let me have that one. Uh, <laughs> I, will. I will. I'm not going to say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, it's just a matter of now. I want to see. I just want to see this team win some football games. So if anybody, if there's, if there's doubters. It doesn't at this point doesn't matter anymore. He's our quarterback. That's what we're going into. And this is our team. So let's just let's just sit back and watch and, and let him win some football games. That's what it comes down to. There it is. Hey, listen, like she told you before, I I, I gave him the nickname Baby A Rod because I trained with him in college when he was at Fresno State. Obviously, I played with him at the Raiders, and I seen him make throws that mm-hmm. other quarterbacks that I played with made. You know, I oh, remember yeah. when I first got there in training camp. Um, everybody was like, we traded for Matt Schaub. Everybody was like, Matt Schaub's our quarterback, no matter what. Matt Schaub's our guy. <laughs> so every practice we came into, Derek Carr was slanging that thing. Wow, wow, wow. Back shoulder ball here, deep ball here. He was slanging it. I'm looking at everybody, and I'm like, I've seen them throws made before, and I only played with two other guys. And that's Brett Favre and Rodgers. And I'm like, I see quarterbacks look like this, man. So I'm a huge reliever in D.C., man. He has all the tools. 
And I'm extremely happy he's back with Coach Olsen, too, man, Coach Greg Olsen, man, because I feel like with Coach Greg Olsen in his, in his corner and it's the second year in Gruden's offense, I feel like he's going to he's gonna take that leap. And obviously you mentioned you got Antonio Brown, you got Ryan Grant, you got Tyrell Williams. So he has a lot of big-time weapons around him, and you put a running game with it as well. I think he's going to take off. James, so you know that Derek Carr yeah. has never had a receiver that has caught double-digit touchdowns in a season. Yeah, because they let, they let me out of there too quick. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. <laughs> hey, that's funny. But, uh, I agree, JJ. I agree. Um, but is AB going to change that? Um, Hold on, I'm going to ask Cody this. What do you think, Cody? Oh, I mean, absolutely. He's <laughs> <laughs> the best wide receiver in the NFL. I mean, I mean, uh, I mean it's got to it's gotta be double-digit. I mean, here's the thing is, you got to look at, I mean, here's the thing is, there's no Jared Cook now. Yeah. So who's going to be his go-to target? I mean, AB beats double team, so it doesn't matter if you double team him. He's got to be out there. He's putting in the work. Um, I mean, as long as the rest of the offense is firing on, on on all cylinders and John Gruden knows how to completely just, I guess, change out all the laundry at once and and, and you know reload the closet, know where everything goes, and know how it works, then, then I think I think it's going to work out great. But like you know, there's a lot of pieces to fall in place. Let a, let a couple yeah. weeks of football happen and. I, th- I think it's possible. I mean, like, just like JJ said, he's got the, he's got the arm talent, man. This guy can make any throw. Uh, just, he just needs a supporting cast and don't, don't get hit or don't get sacked 52 times in a season. We'll see what happens. Well, I, they've shored yeah. up the offensive line. So hopefully that does not happen. Right, James? Absolutely. And I think it's a done deal. And the reason why I say that is because. <laughs> done deal. When I, when I was with, when I was with the Raiders and uh, we were extremely, extremely, extremely stinky. Um, <laughs> I don't remember off the top of my head how many touchdowns I had with the Raiders, but I know what. Uh, I, I, what was it like? Eight, six, seven, yeah. eight, six was, or seven, I think. But what I'm saying is, is when I was in the game, DC was like JJ. I'm coming to you with yeah, this yeah. football. So I can only imagine a B in the huddle, all the opportunities and targets that he is gonna get. Yes. From D.C. Yes. These double digits is going to be huge. And this is another thing I want to say that I truly, I love about Derek Carr. D.C. don't care who you are. I don't Mm -hmm. care. He don't care if you, he don't care if A.B. got Darrell Revis and Charles Woodson on him, treating him like a gunner. D.C., D.C. is like, I'm betting on my dude and I'm betting on my arm and we going to make this throw. You know what I'm saying? That's just the type of competitor he is. You know what I mean? So I feel like with that being said, him not caring if A.B.'s double team, got the mm-hmm. best corner following him, the ball, hey, go make a play. So with that being said, I think, yeah, 12 to 15 touchdowns for A.B., it's probably going to be done. So I will be picking him up on my fantasy team. Just, <laughs> that's what I believe. And Gruden, yeah, you were, oh, sorry, go ahead. Gruden trusts him more, so he's going to let him sling it finally because I think that was a problem earlier last year that he didn't really let him sling it last year and, and use his arm. So I definitely think that this year, if he does, you know, give him some freedom and, and let, let's him go downfield that him and A.B., they're going to be a problem. And he has to yeah. give him freedom. He's never had a quarterback, never, and I'm going to say it again, never had a quarterback like Derek Carr that can slang this ball around the field. Derek Carr is the best talent that Coach Gruden has ever had. 
in any that's of facts. his teams. That's facts, that's, the, so, that's the second time I've heard this. Uh, yeah, so David Carr just told yeah. me this a couple weeks ago. So when you mm-hmm. got a guy like that, man, put the ball in his hands and let him win you ball games. Why do you think everybody's trying to draft these big-time quarterbacks up there high? Because you mm-hmm. want to put the ball in their hands. So if you got a good one, give it to him. Yeah, no doubt. All right, Cody, we're going to end with this. I'm going to ask you some bold predictions. So we're going to play over or under. Okay. Is that okay? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so Derek Carr will throw for 4,500 yards. Ooh, that's a good number. Uh, over or under? Come on, come on, come on, I come mean, on, Cody. You got a Raiders podcast. You, you think – here's the thing is I, I like I like the question, but – I'm a little offended because you ever think I'm going to bet against my man, D.C.? Yeah, okay. That's okay, I'm over. James is like, that's what I'm talking about. James that's is like, I'm that's what I'm about. talking about. Over. I'm over. I mean, last year was the first year that he finally hit the 4,000-yard mark, though. He's going, last year was he, the first year. He's going over. Yeah, but I mean. I know, no, I know, I, mean, I know. Uh, I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here. He's going <laughs> to go over. I think that he's definitely going to go over. Okay. So, next one, Derek Carr will throw for 30 touchdowns over or under. Ooh. Against my man, you're giving me some good numbers. Uh-huh. And I want to say. No, stop being a fan. Those, Cody, I you think, have to learn look, to stop being a fan. Just be real. Look. Keep it 300, Cody. Keep it 300. Cody, let me help you out real quick before you go. So, first off, we just said, me and you together, that <laughs> he's going to throw over 4,500 yards. Right? How many times you got to hit the end zone to get but, that? But, be, but, wait, but, but wait, wait, wait. But before we said that, we said AB will have double digits. Yeah. So over 4,500, AB double digits, man, he's throwing for 45 touchdowns. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now maybe you're going a little, little he's over. He's throwing for 45 touchdowns. I mean, hey. those are the numbers. Add it up. Okay. Hold on. Here's the thing. So the only time he's ever thrown for 30 plus touchdowns is 2015. Okay, last year was 19, the year before that 22, the year before that 28, and then 2015 was 32, and 2014 is rookie year, 21. He can make that leap with the weapons around him. I 100% agree, but this is where I would be a little cautious because I think it's going to be about – actually, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go over to – I will say about 30, 35 touchdowns, but not 40. You're on crack. Hey, you over, never know. Over 4,500 yards? Yeah. That's, that's close – all them yards, that's close. I'll throw a few. Close to He'll throw a handful. Yeah. So that brings me to my next. Okay. Derek yeah. Carr will have 10 interceptions over Ooh. our under. <sighs> you know what? If, if, oh, man. Okay. So this is kind of where I'm going to take the fan <laughs> hat off a minute because. Take it off, damn it. Take it off. <laughs> this is what we want to do. This is what we want to do. We want Derek to go back to. You know, James, you saw him 2014 coming out in the preseason game against Seattle, and he's ripping that sucker over Richard Sherman. He don't care. He don't care who it is. Now, he's got Antonio Brown. He's got Tyrell Williams. You know what Tyrell Williams is going to be doing? He's going to be streaking down the field. You're going to have Hunter Renfro, a rookie. You're going to have Ryan Grant. They're going to be all over the field. You don't know where those guys are going to be. I want this guy ripping the ball. I mean, I want him ripping it. So if he's gonna if he's gonna be a gunslinger, when you take more chances, if he's gonna throw forty five hundred yards, he's gonna be ripping that ball. If he's gonna throw 30, 35 touchdowns, then I expect ten interceptions. I'll take it. Give me thirty five yeah. touchdowns and ten interceptions. Yes. I, and I, I was, I'll say I'll say over. I was just about to say that too because as a fan, when Derek Carr's at his best. He's slanging it around and he's not worried about throwing interceptions. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Exactly. Like Derek Carr's 
best attribute that he has is he gets the ball out his hand extremely fast and he makes yeah. quick decisions. You know what I mean? That's why his rookie yeah. year, he was the least sacked. You know what I mean? And then they come in, they putting all these plays in and all that got him thinking too much. You know what I mean? He taking sacks, but yeah. what he does best is get the ball out fast. So if you're going to go and you're going to try to throw for over 4,500, like we said, he could do. And over 30-plus touchdowns, like we said he could do. I'm taking 12, 14, yeah. 15 yeah. picks because I want you taking them chances, especially down yes. the field to Tyrell Williams and A.B. So I'm taking those. Yeah, so All when day. you take more chances, you're definitely going to have more interceptions. And just real quick, a note, in 2016, when, uh, when they went, what, 12-4, and four, Derek Carr had 28 touchdowns and six interceptions. But in the year that he had the most touchdowns, which I mentioned earlier, 2015, 32 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. So I think the number will definitely be be up there. Um, but it's okay yeah. if he throws for 40-plus touchdowns, yeah. as we mentioned. Yeah. Okay, uh, what did you think about the 60th anniversary logo that the Raiders just unveiled? I think it's pretty cool. I can't really give uh, an honest opinion on it. As a graphic designer, I critique everything. Um, but <laughs> James knows this. I mean, every organization he's played for, both the Packers and the Raiders, they like to keep it original. So it's kind of cool to see uh, the Raiders kind of branch out and come up with something different. See a little, see a, see a patch on the Jersey, maybe this year, kind of throw a little spin in things, a little hook. And I mean, 1960 is, is, or should I say just the number 60 alone is a big number for us, let alone 1960. I mean, my wife's only been a Raider fan ever since we got married three years ago. And I can tell you, she probably has three pieces <laughs> of gear that have the number 60 on it. It's a Raiders gear. So you know, it's a, it's a big number to the, yeah. to the fan base, to the organization. So I, I don't care if it was just the number 60, it's cool that they're rocking it. I'm, I'm all for it. I'm glad they did it. Okay. So is there anything that you want to ask James uh, hmm. before we let you go that you didn't get to ask James when I was on your podcast and you were highly disappointed that it was just me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 let me tell you. Hey, save all the good ones for when I come on there. <laughs> oh, I will. I will. And I'll tell you, Fallon, I know you like to say I, I was luring you for James, but our podcast, I guess I try and get away from football a little bit sometimes. So having you on there to really tell some history and, and hearing your, your, your grandfather's story with, uh, with Oracle arena and, uh, the Coliseum now, which, uh, what is it? Ring central Coliseum now. Uh, that was great. I love that kind of stuff. I love those kind of nuggets for the, for the show, but James, man. Okay. Here's the thing. Uh, I noticed last week that you were kind of avoiding some Raider stories and I know <laughs> you're getting, I know today you're going to, you're going to dish your Raider story, but I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to make you, I'm going to make you tell another one. I want to know, um, 2014, you guys are what, 0 and 10. Oh, bring that. Ah, yep, yep. Hey, I bring it up, and every time I bring it up, he's like, "Shut up, right? yeah, yeah. So you can tell me, "Shut up." It's all right because the, the next part, the end of the game. It's Derek Carr. You know, he, that's what I like about DC. He's known to be clutch. So one of his first, this is his first game-winning drive, his first game-winning touchdown. Finds KC, a, KC, yep, right? Against Kansas City, he finds a. Silver and black number 89 in the back of the end zone to win the game. I need to know you were wide freaking open, James. I know you got some some, some moves on you, man. But I want to know, take me through the play. Did, did did you guys see something? Did you change it at all? Did you have an option route? How did you find yourself in that situation? Man, that's a very good question. So all year long, Derek Carr, did not have the opportunity to change plays. 
Because, okay. you know, obviously he was young, you know, he's yeah. a rookie. So, you know, they're getting him, they're giving him plays to where like, okay, if these two guys ain't open, you go through your reads, just check it down. Don't get in the change in any plays and all that. Cause we just want you to go through your reads. And it was kind of frustrating because I came from a quarterback in Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre to, if they seen something, boom, we audible and out and we going to work, mm-hmm. but they didn't give DC that freedom going into the Kansas city game. Coach Olsen told DC, if we see this coverage in the red zone in man-to-man coverage, check Mickey Mouse. <laughs> so, 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 the, so the, the normal play we had in was just a regular stick, right? So five yards, break out. You know what I mean? Get right to the goal line, try to sit down there and break down, yep. catch the ball. DC came in and he seen that the corner was playing me outside. And what Mickey Mouse is, Mickey Mouse mm-hmm. is a, like a baby out and up. Gotcha. So, you mm-hmm. know, the regular stick route, just five and out. Mickey Mouse is out and up, right? So he was playing me outside. So in my head, I'm thinking like, Lord Jesus, how am I going to win on this route? I'm going, <laughs> I'm going outside and, he, and he's outside. And then I'm thinking like, oh, he got to check it. And then he gave, <laughs> then he gave me the Mickey ears. He gave me the Mickey ears, and I, I, I promised you, I looked at the corner across from me, and in my head, I said, "I'm about to kill you." <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, so I ran, I ran it, I broke out. He jumped all on the out route, and then I broke up for the for the little out and up, and I was wide open in the back of the end zone, man. But, it's crazy because it. that was his first, <laughs> that was his true first check all season long, man. And his first win as a quarterback in the NFL. And you better believe when I caught that ball, I know Raider Nation was going crazy and all that, but I ran straight to Coach Olsen. I gave DC the ball because that was his first win. Yeah, yes, and, yes. and then I ran straight to Coach Olsen and I'm saying, you should have been letting him out of the ball all season. Oh. He was just smiling at me because everybody was juiced up and Oli knows the type of dude I am. I always, me and Coach Oli is great friends, man. I always used to mess with Coach Oli, man. And that's the story I'm actually going to tell too about the Raiders, me and Coach Oli when we got Uh in. But Coach Oli is my guy. So I ran. I'm like, man, you should have been letting him audible all year. Man, y'all caging him up, man. Let him out the game. (laughs) (laughs) But he was just smiling, man. We all over there hugging because, man, I'm telling you, when you 0-10 and you like, dang, we got six left, you don't want to be on that 0-16, man. So I I was juiced we got that one done. I love it. A lot of celebration built up right there. Great question, Cody. Oh, yeah, you know. I, here's my thing, man. James Jones, man, you, you might have just been on like a kind of like a one year rental for us, I guess. But I felt like, man, you you and Derek really connected. I, I appreciated your short stay in the silver and black, man. You, you look good in them colors. You look better than in that, that moldy cheese uh, man, color over I there. Just, and- I was just <laughs> I was just telling Fallon the other day. Remember, I told you when I looked in the mirror with that silver and yep. black on, like Fallon says, silver and silver black. Silver and black, because that's what it is. Silver and black in that order. I was I was like, man, this right here, I look sweet right now, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we hey, best, still, best number 89 to do it in the Raiders. Yeah, no, we still no got shape, Jack Del Rio <laughs> and Reggie McKenzie to blame for getting me up out of there, man. Though They better hope I'll see him on the side of the road or something. <laughs> hey, we're trying to get Jack 
Jack on the podcast, so we'll see if I'm he says yes. I'm going to tell him the same thing. I cannot wait. I can't wait. I cannot wait for this conversation. Good stuff. So, Cody, um, do you have to get back to work? Because we're going to do the last thing is story time. So if you have to get back to work, then we'll see you later. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I better get something done today, guys. I appreciate you having me on here and chatting with you. JJ, it's nice talking to you on your guys' podcast, but hey. Soon, you're coming online, brother. So oh. man, just, let, just let me know, man. Get my number from Fowler because I know you probably won't be solo from Fowler, which is cool because I just you know, <laughs> so. What is this? Is this the, oh my God. Hey on Fowler podcast. Hey on Fowler podcast. Man, we love you, Fowler. We love you. But no, just let me know, man. I'm up for it. Yeah. Cody, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy work schedule to talk to us and i am thrilled to have you on the team so yeah we can't wait talk to you soon man likewise see you guys later all righty okay james it is story time i need to know are you gonna deliver this week <laughs> you left us hanging last week you were kind of a hater man so you better deliver what's up raiders story time i'm gonna tell a Raiders story about like i told you before i just me and coach olsen okay okay <laughs> Me and Coach Olsen, we have, a, we have a great, great relationship. I always used to tell him when I first got there, uh, I don't know if any of you guys, a lot of people seen Friday Night Lights, but they call my man Booby. Booby Miles. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I always used to tell Coach Olsen, and all the players on the office used to laugh at me, I used to tell Coach Olsen, Get Booby the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Don't be out here playing, trying to get everybody. Get Booby the ball, man, and we're going to win some games, right? So we are in Seattle, and it is a close game. It is a close game. I want to say at the time, there is like 10-7. They're winning, right? Our ball, we're driving down the field. I just make a catch, me and DC in the rhythm, and he calls a play to where I am like the fourth read no. on the play, right? Okay. And so Derek Carr hikes the ball, and he tries to throw a back shoulder to, um, gosh, I want to say, uh, was, was it Andre Holmes he might try to throw yeah, it to? Yeah, maybe Andre, I don't throw, remember. Throw a back shoulder to Andre. And he, and he threw a pick, and I ran. And there, a lot of people don't know Coach Olsen was – like an all-state wrestler, Coach Olsen beat uh, Randy. What's, what's my man? What's my UFC dude named Randy? Randy Gator or whatever. He's a Hall of Fame UFC fighter. Uh, Coach Olsen beat him in high school in the state championship in high school. Oh snap! Coach Olsen be he be he he's a, he's a scrappy little dude. He's a right? grappler, huh? He's a grappler. Yeah. So I run. You know any other coach? I'd have ran up on and got all up in their face. But in the back of my mind, I knew Coach Olsen had that wrestling background. <laughs> it's a true story. So I run up on Coach Olsen, but I keep my distance. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. And I'm like, you know, and you know me, I don't even cuss. Yes. But I cussed, man. I'm, I, I did. I, coach, I ran up on him. I'm like, Coach Olsen, what the f- is you doing? This is some bull. Throw me the ball. And and like I'm I'm like in his face, but I got my distance just in case. <laughs> Coach Olsen tried to rush me or something. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Because yeah, I know yeah. he got a little fire in there too. And you're never that but, mad. Never that mad, but I was just tired of losing too. Yeah. So it was all built up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And Coach Olsen was tired of losing too. You know what I mean? It was all of us. So I ran up. I'm going crazy. Coach Olsen throws his headset down. So you think he's about to come after you? 
And and he kind of like square up on me, man. And then the players and all that kind of got in between. Well, oh, my God. So hold up. He was really about to scrap with you. I don't know what he was going to do, but whatever it was, Coach Olsen was ready. Oh, <laughs> Coach Olsen was ready, man. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my God. About and, to my stomach hurts. And, uh, and I just I just remember like, man, dang, me and Coach Olsen was really about to get into it on the side. And like I said, me and Coach Olsen, that, like, that's my guy. Even to this day, when I go to Oakland, we go to dinner and all. That's my guy. But that happened on the sideline in Seattle. But it's crazy because any other coach, I probably, like I said, I would have ran up on, got all up in their face or something. You know what I'm saying? But Coach Olsen, you I know his scared. background. He fight UFC fighters and all that type of stuff. So I'm like, man, let me keep my distance. <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But after the game, though, we got on the bus, and Coach Olsen was the first dude on the bus. And he said, JJ, come here, man. Were you like, ah, oh, Stu, are we going to fight here? <laughs> no, no, no. Just kidding. No, he said, he said, JJ, hey, he said, you know I love you. He said, it ain't no, he said, it ain't no feelings lost or nothing. He said, I love the competitive spirit in you. But he said, just know that I'm trying to win, too. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And then he was like, just know that that wasn't even the play. Oh. Like, he, was, he wasn't supposed to throw that ball. You know what I'm saying? So. Are you calling out DC? No. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Nah, I'm just nah, kidding. Nah, nah, he was, he, that was his rookie year, so who cares? Hey, I can't call out DC for nothing. I had a double fumble, but I'm just saying. He, <laughs> you right. You right. <laughs> DC, DC made a mistake on that play and caused me and Coach Olsen to get in it. But after that, man, shoot, me and Coach Olsen, we've been, we've been, we've been best friends ever since, man. You know what I'm saying? I go in his. I went in his office. He had a little bobblehead of Booby in there. He had a little bobblehead of me. I said, there you go, Coach, swagging up your office, man. You got Booby in here. So it was it was cool. But that's just the little Raiders story that I got for you this week. Me and Coach Olsen about to squad. So if any it. of you Raiders fans mad at some of them play calling, watch out who you walk up on. Don't walk up on Coach Olsen. <laughs> You get scooped up. I love it. I love it. Uh, we won't talk about your double fumble. Maybe one of these weeks we will because I was no, so sad. I was so sad because uh, you were my friend. You know what I'm saying? And so when it happened. Okay, stop. Stop. Oh, no. stop. Okay, no. fine, 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 fine. Hey, but one of these weeks we are going to get into it, okay? Maybe just not this week because we have to move on. That was, that was rough. That was rough. It's okay. Anyways, um, it is now time for the Packers segment of our show. But before we get to that, We have to take a quick break. Stay where you are. Blue Wire listeners, you're going to want to listen up. Trust me. You know what the worst sound in the world is? Well, let's just say the worst sound in the morning. What is it? It is your alarm clock going off, especially if you haven't had a good night's sleep or enough sleep. That noise kind of ruins your day, right? It's so annoying. And then you press snooze like a million times because again, you haven't had a good night's sleep. So imagine this scenario. The surface temperature of your bed gradually adjusts to wake you up gently and naturally without the sound of an alarm. Yeah, seriously. Imagine now waking up rested and alert. This is not science fiction, folks. This is the new pod by 8sleep. The pod by 8sleep is a high-tech bed designed specifically to help you achieve optimal sleep fitness. And there's a reason why Time Magazine 
calls eight one of the best inventions of last year. It combines dynamic temperature regulation and sleep tracking to enhance your rest and recovery. It even learns your sleep habits and adjusts the temperature automatically. How cool is that? That means if you like the bed cool and your partner likes the bed warm, now you can have both at the same time. And the best part of all, in a crazy comfortable bed. And no alarm clocks. Maybe that's the best thing of all, huh? Yeah, it's pretty cool all around. And to celebrate Independence Day, 8sleep is giving away a free gravity cooling blanket plus free shipping with your pod purchase. That's a $300 value for free. But get this guys, the offer ends Monday, July 8th. So make sure you hurry up and visit 8sleep.com slash bluewire. That's 8sleep.com slash bluewire. And 8 is spelled out E-I-G-H-T. So 8sleep.com slash bluewire. You won't regret it. Okay, we are back, and it's time for the pack. You see what I did there, JJ? There you I was go. trying to rhyme. There you yeah, go. anyway. <laughs> Got a little bar. Yeah, I was trying to have some bars, but that was pretty corny. Anyways, so the Packers receiving core. It's going to look a little different this year without veteran receiver and your good friend, of course, Randall Cobb, okay? Yeah. He signed a one-year prove-it deal with the Dallas Cowboys. Truth be told, though, he was coming off the worst season of his career. He also only played, what, nine games, uh, a lot of it due to injury. Uh, but either way, he is no longer a Packer. Well, this week, uh, he was on a Milwaukee radio show and had this to say about his former team and why things didn't work out this offseason. Joining us now. I can't believe I'm going to say this. Dallas Cowboys wide receiver Randall Cobb on Wilde and Tausch. Randall, does that sound more and more normal to you? Because it doesn't sound normal to me. <laughs> it's starting to become normal to me now, yeah. So, Randall, how did it play out? You know, I know you've moved on and now you're focused on the future with the Cowboys, but how did it play out after the season ended? Did you have an offer from the Packers? Did they not make much of an effort to bring you back? I mean, I didn't really have any. I didn't personally have any uh, conversation. I don't know how much conversation was between uh, my agent and uh, the Packers organization. But, yeah, I know, I know there was never an offer put on the table before or after the offer from Dallas and a couple other teams. So, you know, I, I think it kind of made my decision a lot easier. I think if the, uh, if the Packers would have made an offer, uh, it, it obviously I would have had to weigh those decisions. But I'm very excited and very happy to be down in Dallas. I think it's a great situation, uh, and I look forward to this season. Randall, there is a little bit of fuel that comes from it too, right? Oh, for sure. For sure. It's like the ex-girlfriend that broke up with you. And, you know, you see her five years later, and you hope that you're in a better situation than you were before, married with kids, and you're able to be like, yeah, I, I did better without you. So, you know, it's, it's obviously you, you draw fuel from situations, uh, you know, good and bad. You, there's, there's a lot to learn from every situation. Uh, and, you know, you just try to grow as a person from those situations you know Aaron as well as anybody on the planet you and Jordy were so close to him and still are what are your expectations for your friend knowing him as a player and a competitor how he's going to handle this new system 
and how Matt LaFleur is going to ask him or give him the freedom to do fewer things than maybe he did in the previous system. I think it'll go both ways. I think that he will challenge LaFleur. I think that he will challenge him to raise his IQ for both of them to be successful. And I also think that with the new offense, Aaron is going to be excited to prove that, you know, he's Aaron Rodgers. And I definitely can't wait to see how it all plays out. Okay, so he showed his former quarterback some love, so of course I like that, but let's get to the other stuff, the juicy stuff, what have you. (laughs) So there was never an offer from the Green Bay Packers this offseason, and I also love the ex-girlfriend comparison, (laughs) okay? That was my favorite. JJ, what are your thoughts? This is your good friend, and I'm sure you have spoke to him this offseason before he signed with the Cowboys and after he signed with the Cowboys. I actually, it's crazy. I actually talked to him three hours before he was about to sign with the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> and we just had a conversation, you know, about it. And I just told him, you know what I mean? Go down there and ball. I feel like it's a good situation. They lost Beasley. You know, Dak Prescott gives a lot of targets to the slot guy. So I feel like he can have a, have a big time year. As for the Green Bay Packers not offering him, I've seen it done before to a guy named James Jones. Oh, um, and Jordy Nelson, maybe. They... They did not offer me anything the year I left to the uh, Oakland Raiders. Um, They did not offer me nothing. And I I was coming off a very good year in Green Bay. Um, So it's not surprised. I'm not surprised that the Packers didn't offer him. And another reason why I say that is because the Packers like to build through the draft. So a lot of the young receivers they have, they want to give those guys opportunity. They did the same thing for me. They did the same thing for Jordy. Mm. They did the same thing for Randall. When we came in, it was Donald Driver. It was Robert Ferguson. You know what I mean? It was Greg Jennings. And as they started getting older, we started coming up and we were the young guys and it was our turn. So they were cool with letting them go. So I'm not surprised because that's kind of been their formula since, since we've all been there. And I'm sure Randall knows that as well. You know, so... The best thing about it is, like you said, he got to a great situation and he can show like the (laughs) ex-girlfriend, the Green Bay Packers that, you know what I mean? I'm doing well without you. I'm (laughs) over here balling and and I'm doing well without you. But but um, no, that's what the Packers like to do. They like to draft and develop. And, you know, when the guys get older, you know what I mean? No hard feelings. You can't take Mm. take this business. No hard feelings in this business. And, you know, it's their turn. And like I said. That Green Bay Packers gave us all the opportunity when it was our turn. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's why we really all had a lot of success in our career. So Randall will go out there, have a good year, but I'm not surprised by the Packers not, not offering because it's a lot of good young receivers that they got on the roster. So with that said, it is safe to say then that Cobb's departure, you know, really shows the confidence that the front office and the coaching staff has in this young receiving core, aside from, of course, Devontae Adams, who is their wide receiver one. Um, The Green Bay Packers have guys like Geronimo Allison. You have Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Equanimous St. Brown. Is that, am I saying his, is that my saying his name Uh, wrong? I just call him, I just call him St. Brown, man. That's it. I don't try to go through with all the other stuff. (laughs) But um, (laughs) are you confident in this wide receiving core, uh, this young wide receiving core, just like, you know, the front offices? You know, Fallon, when... It was my turn, Jordy's turn, and uh, we had Greg Jennings there and Randall's turn. 
everybody was extremely mad at Ted Thompson. Man, go get Randy Moss. Go get these people. Go get, you know what I mean? Wanting them to bring in all these other big time receivers. And Ted Thompson is sitting there like, man, listen, we did our work with our young fellas. It's their turn mm-hmm. to yeah. go out here and show what they got. Mm-hmm. And all three of us went out there and showed what we got. And we won a Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? So with that being said, yes, I do believe in the young guys because when it was our first year with Aaron, it was a lot of growing pains. You know what I mean? He throw a back shoulder. We fly down the field deep. We looking for the back shoulder. He throwing it deep. You know what I'm saying? So it takes time to get that chemistry. So I feel like coming into this second year with a lot of these young guys, that the chemistry is going to be so much better because they know what to expect from Aaron now. And I'm sure that chemistry is only getting better in practice. But my guy that I feel like is going to have the biggest year is Marquez Valdez-Scamp. Oh, yeah. I I talked to a lot of scouts in that building, and not only did I talk to scouts, I've seen him play. But not only have I seen him play, I've seen him practice. This dude right here can fly. And not only can he fly, he can run every route in the route tree, and he's a big body. Mm. So I feel like with him on the other side of Devontae Adams. Stretching the field. Stretching the field, this could be very dangerous. And if we get what we think we're going to get out of Jimmy Graham at the tight end position, I think that Marquez is going to have a huge year. He's going to have a lot of opportunities to make some big-time plays. If it's a guy that I could compare him to, Mm to a guy in the, at the Oakland Raiders named Tyrell Williams. That's I what feel I was like, going to say. I was actually just going to make that comparison. Like, I feel like they're identical players. Like, they can, they can run all the routes in the route tree, but they're big bodies that can absolutely fly and make that tough catch. So, I'm excited to see what he's going to do. I hope A-Rod give him a lot of chance, especially down the field. I think he is. And I'm also excited, you know, to see this young receiving core flourish under uh, Matt LaFleur's offense. And, of course, you know, with Aaron Rodgers leading the way. Uh, your guy, and speaking of Aaron Rodgers, last thing, you know, he and CP3, I don't know if you know this, but they hosted a golf tournament in the Bahamas, courtesy of State Farm, who, of course, is one of their big sponsors. Um, and A-Rod's team, uh, he had Hall of Famer and former teammate Brett Favre uh, on his team. And it's widely known, James, that Rodgers and Favre have become friends over the years after not having a great relationship in Green Bay or Maybe I should say not having a strong relationship in Green Bay. Obviously, Favre wasn't happy when he was drafted in 2005. You, James, had a front row seat to all of this. So being a teammate with both of them, how has their relationship evolved over time? Man, it's crazy because, you know, when we were there being teammates, you know, and, and I tell people this all the time. When you know a guy is coming for your position, it's hard to be best buddies with him now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like I got to feed the family too. Like, I love you, bro, but I don't love you as well. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like, you know what I mean? I see the type of arm talent you got and how you looking out here. Like, I love you, but shoot, man, you got me looking like this might be my year last year playing. So it's hard to really get close to a guy like that. You know what I'm saying? Vice versa, whether you play receiver or not, like, man, building relationships with these dudes as ballers that they drafted to come take your position is hard. So what I am proud of is that no matter how bad it was or, you know, how bad the miscommunication was when they played together in Green Bay, I'm glad now that it's all said and done that they can look back on it 
and talk about it like, hey, man, we really had a little beef going on in the quarterfinals. <laughs> we played. Now we're out here. You're a Hall of Fame quarterback. I'm going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. We're two legends in Green Bay. People love to see them, you know, slap hands, do their handshake, chest bump, all that, and just being around each other. So I just think it's good, man. Life is too short, man, especially playing a football game, man, to be holding grudges and all that type just because you guys play the same position. So I love seeing them dudes out there on the golf course together. I know Aaron went down to his house, had a nice little conversation conversation and all in you know mississippi on uh brett's uh 50 acres down there man so um i love seeing it and it's good for it's good it's good for the packers packers fans man to see that man you played with both of them and i remember talking to you you, uh, after your rookie season and i remember you coming over to my house and my dad said you know what are you gonna do now that brett Favre is is gonna retire even (laughs) though he ended up playing at you know uh, minnesota but you said, oh, no, nah, we good. We good. We got a dude at Aaron Rodgers. Y'all don't understand. We good. 100%. But was it awkward being a wide receiver on this football team and knowing, you know, that change was coming and there yeah. was some awkwardness and some beef between your two quarterbacks? No doubt. And that's that's kind of where the beef came from. Like, Brett, you, Brett has played his whole career. You know what I mean? He played one or two games in Atlanta. He's been with the Green Bay Packers for 17 years. And now you got this young fella coming in there that every time he make a throw in practice, everybody like, ooh. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> yeah. and, and, that, and that used to be Brett. You know what I'm saying? Brett's a gunslinger, can make all these throws. It used to be him getting the ooh. And now it's like, well, he make a throw. They like, all right, next person up. You know what I mean? <laughs> then 12 get in there. They like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that is a throw right there. And you see that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like I said, it's hard to embrace a guy like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because you know he's going to take his spot. Now, me, I'm just cool with everybody. You know what I'm saying? I'm, <laughs> I you embrace never everybody. had tension. You never no, had tension. No matter me. what, no matter what the, you know, <laughs> the talent level is of you, you know, you come take my spot, you earned it. You beat me out, whatever. Yeah, but yeah. you know what I'm saying? If you want to go get a cup of coffee, I'll pay for the coffee. You know what I'm saying? I'll, that's just me. You know what I'm saying? But other people, you know, Brett was like, man, this young fella, like I'm going to take my spot. Mm-hmm. I ain't messing with him. I ain't teaching him nothing. I ain't, me- <laughs> I ain't messing with him. You know what I mean? And, and a lot of people do do that. But oh, what man. I can say, man, is Aaron was the same dude he was then and the same dude he is now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I just applaud them both from coming together and being like, dude, let's let's get this thing right, man. You know what I'm saying? It ain't it ain't all that serious for us to be having having this beef over here. But yes, I did tell Pops, we don't I told Eric, do not worry about it. We are yeah. gonna be okay. Hey. And everybody's looking at me crazy because they haven't seen Aaron like mm-hmm. that. But I'm like, don't even worry about it. We're gonna be okay. Yes, yes, for sure. You definitely said that. I completely remember that day at my house. But um, we'll uh, end with this. It's pretty cool to see Brett Favre, you know, on Instagram, and he posted this photo of him, his grandson, and also Aaron Rodgers, right? And oh. the caption said. My grandson Parker said, my favorite quarterback and favorite retired quarterback together for a pitcher. How cool. (laughs) Uh, So he said, fun day of golf. Thanks, 12. Uh, So obviously his his grandson was a baby, you know, when Favre was still playing. But I love this. Um, As a father yourself of young ones, you know, are you their favorite player? Because when you were playing, they were also very, very young. Do they have favorite players now where you're like, bruh? 
I'm supposed yeah. to be your favorite player, not yeah. them. One one hundred percent. But I will say their favorite player is is not receivers. Okay, who's the so, favorite player? So that's a good thing. So little Jordan's favorite player is Patrick Mahomes. Oh. And I don't know, I don't know how I play for the Green Bay Packers and the Oakland Raiders, and my youngest son wakes up and he says, I'm a Chiefs fan. What? I like Pat. Yes, I like Patrick Mahomes. And then little James, my oldest son, he loves Zeke. He's a big Zeke fan, so he's a Cowboys fan. What? Yes. Today we're at the mall. He had me buy him a, a Cowboys case for his phone. Yeah. So I'm like, how did all this happen, man? How are you guys Cowboys and Chiefs fans? I don't understand it, but that's that's what they like. But what I do <laughs> tell my son, because, you know, I coach both their teams. So obviously everybody catches like Odell and A.B., yeah. you know what I mean? So I be telling them. Your dad caught one hand catches way before Odell. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but he look at me with boo-boo on my face like, man, you ain't caught no one hand catches and all that type of stuff. You, old you know man. what I'm saying? So they like, man, we ain't worried about you. So I gotta go to YouTube and all that show. And then when I show them on YouTube, they be looking at me, well, shoot, that ain't like Odell. Oh, so. <laughs> <laughs> I actually love though that they made the choices for themselves, you know, because a lot of people like me, I was kind of brainwashed into loving the Raiders because of my grandfather and my dad. I love that they made the choices on their own. One hundred percent. I love that actually. And I try to work them out of it every day, bro. The Chiefs, like, bro, Raiders or Packers, bro. They like, no, nah, man. You know what I mean? I'm, I like Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs, man. And then I told him, I said, y'all want to go, like I told uh, Lil James, I said, you want to go to the Lambeau Field, watch the Packers play, or you want to go to uh, Dallas and watch the Cowboys? He ain't even think about He's it. He's like, Dallas? Dallas, he said, me the Cowboys. I said, <laughs> what is going on? I'm like, who raised you? How old is little James? <laughs> because you just said he asked you uh, to buy him a cell phone cover of the Cowboys. And I'm like, yeah. hold on, he has a cell phone? How old is he? He has a cell phone that he cannot text or do anything on. It ain't on. It's oh. just for him to play. It's just for him to play video games and all that. And if he's on the internet, he could FaceTime somebody. But he can't text nobody. Okay, good. I was he like, what yeah. the heck? How, no, no, how no, old no. is he? No, no cell phones like that. We don't get down like that. We come home. We don't play no video games. We go outside. We play in the dirt and all that That's type stuff. But he's about. seven. He's seven. Okay, but, uh, I thought yeah, he was. So he I thought just, he was eight. So I was like tripping, uh, like, bruh, he's no, not he twelve or thirteen yet. I'm gonna need you to uh, slow your roll on the phone. <laughs> he just play video. He just play video games on his phone, and you know, if we go out of town or something, he could Facetime if he buy the internet or something. You know what I mean? But he can't text nobody. <laughs> I love it. it. Little James looks exactly like you. Exactly. It's the crazy thing. And now that he's uh, getting older and I saw a picture from your camp, I'm like, that is little JJ. Like, for real yeah. little JJ. Yeah, he's a little monster, too. I ain't told him yet, though, but he a monster. Good. Yeah, don't tell him. You don't want to get his head big. Never. Early. Ever. Uh, Got to keep him humble. <laughs> All right, guys. I loved it. Uh, this was a really good episode. I was, I was a little skeptical, as you know, coming into the show because it's a slow time in the NFL. And I didn't know how this... You know, episode was going to go, but we actually had some great content in this episode. So hey, I'm pumped. Football, football. I mean, anytime you talk of football, we could get a good hour out of it. For sure, and we did get a good hour out of it. So this is going to take me. Uh, this is going to be a monster to edit. But yes, anyways. that's that's your job. So the, the podcast world out there, Fallon had, does have the hard job because I don't edit nothing. Once I hang up right now, I'm gone. You're gone for a week. Yeah, you you right, you right. Um, anyways, well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Keep It At 300. I hope you enjoyed the show as much as we did. And if you haven't done so already, please rate us and write a review. I know I say this every week, but you guys don't understand how important it is to rate us and write a review. We would really appreciate it. 
Till next time, for James, I'm Fallon. We out. Peace.